What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. All right, welcome to the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today is February 11th, coming to you guys on a Thursday night. And tonight we're talking LAFC. We're talking black and gold. We're also talking a little bit about the Bayern Munich uh, versus Tigres matchup that we had that, that happened today. We got a first team CONCACAF team to make it to the final. But here to help me talk about all things LAFC, we got my man Garrett Rodriguez, aka LAFC Live. Garrett, how you doing? Been pretty good, Gio. Uh, thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, we had a great time last time and, you know, I'm excited to have you again, you know, talking about everything that's going on so far just within the league, you know, for this upcoming uh, 2021, obviously LAFC. There's always there's always things going on, you know, going right. on with LAFC. Um, but let's let's talk about the match today about, you know, we had Bayern, mm-hmm. Bayern Munich versus Tigres. Uh, what were all of our thoughts of, you know, Tigres playing versus, you know, the elite club uh, Bayern is? Uh, you know, it was a good match overall. I thought my prediction for the score before was going to be 3-0 Bayern Munich, but uh, obviously Tigres held their own, uh, and Bayern Munich obviously got the best of them, 1-0. Uh, for a CONCACAF team, though, I think Tigres did really well. Uh, obviously, I was thinking about this as the match went on, as if LAFC had gotten to the final against Bayern Munich, how well would have LAFC done? Uh, honestly, I think we would have lost 3-1 uh, based on how Bayern Munich was playing. That's just my opinion. Uh, but I like how Byron controlled uh, the middle. That was where the game was won, in my opinion. And also their defense did a great job of shutting down Geniak. And Geniak was going into the back towards his own goal sometimes to get the ball. Obviously, Geniak is not dangerous. If he's by the 18-yard box, that's very dangerous where he was kept out most of the match. Uh, so really well played by Byron Munich, and that's why they're the best team in the world currently. Yeah, I mean, you you really got to see like the dominance of Bayern Munich and, you know, and how they were to put such a hot team and, you know, such a hot player like Guignac to just limit him to what he was able to do. You know, I, I, I was tuning in and out and, you know, I saw towards the last 10 minutes of the game um, and I really saw how frustrated uh, Guignac really was. Yeah. And, you know, and I think the, this is, the credit goes to how great, you know, Bayern Munich defense, offense, midfield really is. But also credit to Tigres, you know, being the first CONCACAF team to make it to the final. Um, and also the the way they played, mm-hmm. they only lost 1-0 by, some people think it may be a controversial offside, no offside call, but I think they reviewed it and, you know, and it went in. And I think it's always, whatever team you are, if you lose by a replay or something like that, and it's so close, I think you always have like a weird feeling, but I think Tigres can walk away, you know, knowing that they gave it all they had and they were just so close. Yeah, yeah, they definitely competed. It's not like it was a blowout, like 5-0 or anything like that. They were right there on the cusp. Um, even towards the end, they had a couple of good chances. They just couldn't put it away. Uh, Gignac overhit a cross, and you can tell he was really, really frustrated. Could have done better with that. Even Guzman went up there to try and get a header in, uh, as we've seen him score in CONCACAF uh, Champions League as well on a 90-minute header. Um, so they, they tried legit everything they could to at least equalize in the game, but it just wasn't going in for them, so best team in the world usually wins the game. So that's what happened today. Yeah. And, and, and Bayern, they're, they're, they're six for six, you know, I don't know everything that they've won, but I know they won champions leagues. I think they won the German league. 
obviously mm-hmm. the Club World Cup and three mm-hmm. other cups that it, it just puts them like in another elite level, right? And it's it's, right. it's crazy just to see just the talent that they have all the way around, and you know, and them them coming from the Bundesliga. You, I think, you know, growing up, I always saw like you know the Spanish teams. You saw like Real Madrid, yeah. or Barcelona, but I don't think they've able to, they've been able to do what Bayern Munich has been able to do. Um, you know, here in the what eight to six months, they won all these trophies, which is just insane. Also, with the, the technically a coach that was sitting on the bench the whole time and then got promoted since the original one was fired. Uh, so Hansi Flick has done a really great job with Bayern Munich, and he's providing that he. Uh, I don't know if it's so much if it's fifty percent the players, fifty percent the coach, or if it's eighty percent the players and twenty percent the coach. But he's doing a great job, and he's got a new trophy cabinet to fill. So he's doing yeah. a wonderful job. Lots of lots of lots of silverware, man. There, and yes. imagine just being you know one of the one of the players there. I just feel like where else could they go? You know, like we were talking about this earlier, but like where else could any of those players go? When you, yeah, I think you've reached the highest peak, you probably could, you know, it's just maybe they want to go live somewhere else, but it, it makes it very interesting. You know, we'll see what happens with that Bayern Munich team moving forward. Yeah. The ultimate goal, I think, is to play for a Real Madrid or a Barcelona. Because uh, you've seen Tony Cruz move from Bayern Munich to Real Madrid, uh, Thiago to Liverpool, actually. So, I mean, I just, uh, if you're, if you're comfortable, I guess you could stay at Bayern Munich, but if you want to further your, um, football and career and maybe make an even bigger name for yourself if it's already not big enough you go to Barcelona Real Madrid or maybe uh, you know Manchester City and you know it's just all about your preference at this point yeah yeah no it does so I mean shout out to Bayern shout out to Tigres I mean I think I think that the job that Tigres did also gives hope to other CONCACAF teams especially teams in the MLS and I think you know, if you're LAFC, you you also got to think that, you know, the way they, they played and also the way they lost to, to Tigres makes you think that, you know, one day LAFC may be able to have those aspirations, you know, may make it in a, a final. Uh, I don't know. That's 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 still to see. But I, I obviously winning the CONCACAF tournament. And, you know, mm-hmm. once a team gets hot, you know, we saw what happened with LAFC. We also saw what happened with Tigres. They went to the final. So I think anything could happen. But I think the job Tigres did, it really gives a lot of motivation, a lot of aspirations to a lot of the MLS teams. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely some motivation there. Um, you know, you would like to see LAFC uh, be motivated by seeing Tigres go to the final, uh, maybe further progress in other tournaments that were going to be coming up for us. Um, but definitely CONCACAF is on the rise uh, as far as being competitive as well, as we've seen in the CONCACAF Champions League and then uh, the Club World Cup tournament as well. Yeah, so now now, now let's talk uh, Let's talk about the season. It, it got pushed back for two, two weeks, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, initially it was uh, February, I mean, excuse me, April 3rd. Um, but now it's going to be pushed back uh, to April 17th. We all know because of the CBA negotiations, we all know what happened. You know, they came out and they finally agreed to terms. Now it gets pushed back a week. And I feel like the only ones that lose in this situation are the fans because, you know, us and, you know, us, the media, the fans, everybody, yeah. because, you know, we're looking to February, April 3rd. And now it gets pushed back a couple of weeks. But nevertheless, we're going to we're, we're actually going to have MLS start, even though it's two weeks. What are, what are your whole thoughts, even though the, the league will push it back for two weeks? Uh, I'm still excited. I'm just happy there's a season going to happen because, um, you know, I was getting kind of nervous that things could go south and it could be delayed even further, uh, like maybe May or something like that. And they would have to do a different type of scheduling. But I'm glad we're going to be seeing um, the season come up very soon. I'm glad they got it worked out. We can get the camps going very soon, maybe get a couple of preseason friendlies uh, if they're safe to do so behind closed doors. 
um, and just excited to see the season rolling out uh, very soon in April. Yeah. So I think I think the the thing that also makes it interesting is nevertheless you're you're still going to have about I think six weeks of of, of preseason, you know, mm-hmm. to get the guys right. Um, at this point, I think we are, we kind of see the, who LAFC the LAFC squad is going to be and who's not going to be in the LAFC squad. Yep. And one of those players that went on Instagram this past week was Dejan Djokovic. He said his mm-hmm. goodbye uh, to LAFC and the fans. Um, what were your, your overall thoughts of Dejan Djokovic as a player? Uh, for LAFC, I think he was there since the start. Correct me if yeah. I'm wrong, but he's he's been yes. there since the start. Um, you know, at times he's been up and down, but unfortunately, he's not going to be with them this season. So give me give me your thoughts on him as as a player for LAFC. Uh, I tweeted uh, no slander towards him at all. Uh, you know, when he was asked upon, he did his job the best he could. I actually respected him as a defender uh, because I, I I was one of the ones that was kind of rougher on him in the beginning because he did make a lot of mistakes, but it seemed like in season two and onward, he seemed to correct those mistakes and seemed more of a stable uh, stable center back, uh, which was nice. And um, I wish him all the best. Uh, as far as him being missed, I think he will be missed because that's another center back that we're going to be missing because we'll get into it, but we're down to, I believe, four center backs right now or five if you count uh, Tony Leon, the 16-year-old, but I wouldn't count him. I'm not relying on a 16-year-old uh, throughout the season. I'm just, if you want to win games, I, I don't think that's, you know, justifiable. But, um, yeah, he'll be missed, I think, in some depth uh, point, sort of uh, sort of you. Yeah, and I just want to read uh, his statement that uh, he briefly put on Instagram. He's like, firstly, I would like to express my gratitude to the 30, 3252 and the fans for all their support over the years to the owners, coaching staff and management. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to represent, represent this incredible club End quote. Um, he went on to say more, but I think you really see um, the appreciation he really had for the organization, for the fans and everything that they were able to, able to build them. And obviously he is part of the history and uh I, and I'm with you. I think now you you look to what's ahead, right? You look at to who's gonna who's gonna fill in those roles because Dejan uh, he was more of a substitute player, right? Towards yes. towards the end, he was more of a substitute yeah. player. We would come in, you know, give you a couple minutes or you know play certain games, um, but he wasn't one of the starters um, to, down the stretch of his career. We start to look at the defenders. I think you tweeted this out. You'll you'll have a uh, Tristan Blackman. I think you're mm-hmm. gonna have uh, Jesus Mourinho. Mm-hmm. Obviously Eddie Segura, and uh, who am I forgetting? The other one was uh, Traore. Traore, right? But he's I, eight, and he's I don't, eighteen. Yeah, now he's eighteen years old. I don't. I'm not sure how much we'll see of him, but I think, um, depending, right? Once we see, may see him an open U.S. Open Cup injury. You know, if players go on to play international, but. Uh, what were your thoughts with, with what they have uh, moving forward uh, with the defense and obviously the center back position? Uh, <laughs> if, if one of our uh, center backs, Suguda Amiro, get injured, we're screwed. We're pretty much screwed because um, I'm, I, I've seen Triway play. I know it was one game against Real Salt Lake uh, and he's only 18, but he was pretty terrible. Um, that's just me being blunt. I thought he was, that was, that was really bad when I saw him play against Real Salt Lake. Uh, so if Tristan Blackman has to slot in, I'm still a little nervous because Tristan plays better on the right, uh, right back, but then Juan is coming in. So, and he's obviously, I think going to start. So that takes away, like we talked about last time, the right back situation. Um, so will Blackman be, will Blackman be a center back or a deaf piece now? I'm not sure how that's going to work, but if Murillo 
or Segura, uh, one of them get hurt. Yeah, I think we're screwed. So I would like to see a veteran center back come in. Um, I don't think a DP spot would be a good place for a center back, in my opinion. I think we can get a good center back from, uh, I don't know, John Thorrington uh, seems to make a lot of deals. So I'm sure he can find one because uh, I think we do need a little bit of more depth back there if we're going to succeed throughout the whole season and the tournaments as well. Yeah, and I think the 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 key to all this, right, is going to be Blackman. I know we've talked about this before. Um, you know, he's played at right back, and he's also played at center back. Um, towards the end of the CONCACAF, you know, CONCACAF games, he really looked good at, at right back in the right back position. He looked really solid. But they also brought in Kim Moon One, right? So it right. looks like Kim Moon One is going to be, if, you know, if we go off of the money they're going to pay him, all the exposure that they did on social media. Yep. Um, you, It's fair enough to believe that Kim Moon-Wan will potentially be, you know, the right back starting. So, and I don't think Tristan Blackman will start over Jesus Murillo or Eddie Segura. So I think that, that, that focal mm-hmm. piece off the bench is going to be uh, Tristan Blackman. Tristan Blackman, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how Bob Bradley uses him once the season starts, right? Um, is he going to be the first sub come in, you know, for for the for right or left back or right or center back? And, you know, how does he, how will Tristan Blackman change the game for LAFC on the defensive end, right. you know? I think that's going to be the most interesting thing and um, how these players start to start to gel with each other. And we, I think we're going to start to know those answers here. About around March, that's when the, the preseason is speculated to start. So I think it does make it for a very interesting um, dynamic with the defense, but I think also boosts a lot of comp- competition. Now that, you know, not everybody is essentially guaranteed. Even Chiki Palacios with Michael Fafan on the left-hand side, he has some competition there. And I think right. I think that's what LAFC was really missing, a lot more competition uh, that someone could essentially take your job. You know, someone could start in place of you. And I, I don't think they really had that last season. No, and uh, and plus the formation. I mean, Bob's been using the same formation since he started with a four-three-three. I mean, will he go with a uh, a three-four-three this time around and have maybe Mario Segura and Blackman uh, at the three center backs and on the wings you would have maybe Juan and Palacios flank on the right and left, and then in the center you would have uh, Sefuentes and uh, Atuesta, and then you would have Vela and Rossi and. Um, my wish is a DP center forward, but I don't think that's going to happen. But that would be the ideal lineup. Maybe if he switches to something like that, if he gets creative. Yeah, let's talk about that because you you make you make an interesting point because I know I know a lot of uh, reporters. Um, you know, I've asked Bob Bradley about that, and I think he, you know, it's fair to say he's you know he's stuck in uh, not stuck, but he he likes to play the way he likes to play. And some people may mm-hmm. think he's stuck in his ways. Other people think he may be stubborn, but I think this is what you get with Bob Bradley. I think the four, three, three system um, is here to stay. And I don't think it's really here to change. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think, do you think they should change the formation? Uh, well, we didn't win anything last season. So yeah, they should change it. <laughs> um, but um, it doesn't hurt to change things to see if it's going to work because if you're playing against the same teams, because I'm saying because of code restrictions, if we're stuck playing the same teams every so often, they're going to figure this team out right away, which they have in the past. So I'm, I'm saying maybe change it up and go with the three, four, three, instead of doing it uh, a four, three, three, 20 straight games in a row and just playing the same exact players. I mean, we got to change it up and hopefully, I mean, we got what, two months to get it right. Um, and a couple more additions as well. So we could see a completely new formation tactics, uh, maybe some new starters. Um, but if I see the same 
players that I don't want to see out there, it's going to be really frustrating. I'm sure other people share the same uh, frustrations, frustrations as me as well. Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, I think I think you're, you're right that a lot of the teams have figured out figured out how LFC plays, and I think one of those teams has been the Seattle Sounders, and I think they, yep. they know what to expect from LAFC, and I think you know at times they've had the best of LAFC, you know, coming down the stretch when it comes obviously to the the playoffs and certain things, and I think I think that's when it makes sense to adjust. Um, adjust a formation, just certain things. And not saying you have to adjust for the whole year, but I think you got to mm-hmm. adjust for certain teams, you know? Um, and I think, I don't know. And I don't know if, if, if Bob Rowley and the coaching staff are going to change that. You know, I know they'd be in Seattle with the four, three, three system, but I think there's a lot of things that, you know, a team like Seattle who has players who is very talented, just like LFC, you know, can figure you out and know how to take advantage right. of your weaknesses. And I think Seattle's one of those teams that did a very, very great job. Um, and I think that's where I think down the stretch, LAFC needs to adjust on their formation and just certain things, because if you don't, and you have the same thing over and over again, um, right. it's just not going to add, I don't know. I, I just, I just think you're too predictable sometimes, you know, I think sometimes yeah. they're too predictable. So I just want to give a shout out to kid kid G one, two, three said, yo, um, what's up, man. Give us your thoughts. You know, we're on here live. So if you have anything for Garrett and I, uh, please go ahead and comment and share your thoughts with us, but go ahead, Garrett. Uh, yeah, I was going to say is that um, after a while, if you play the same formation, same exact everything, you start to get figured out. I mean, obviously LAFC is not on the level of Liverpool, but have you noticed Liverpool, is using the same formations, same exact players, and they're starting to fall off the Premier League table. Teams are starting to figure them out as well. Uh, I feel like LAFC, like I said, I'm not comparing them and Liverpool as the same caliber because there's, obviously there's levels to this. But um, LAFC is falling in that same category using the 4-3-3 um, every single game. And that's what I'm suggesting is 3-4-3 uh, going forward or maybe even play with uh, five at the back, or I I don't know, however he wants to do it, get crazy with it, or just really figure it out because it's going to get frustrating if we go through the season with the same 4-3-3 and we're getting draws and losses, um, you know, in consecutive weeks, which is unacceptable and a very important year, uh, you know, make or break. Yeah, and I think think to that point, right, if if you're playing the same formation and you're not getting – um, if you're getting similar results, I think that's where a lot of the frustration is going to come in. And I think a lot more of those questions down the road will come in. And also, I think the benefit of changing the formation, you also get to see some of your players, uh, you know, abilities and what they're able to do. Right. If you play four, two, two, I mean, four, four, two, you can see, you know, how, how some people play better in the midfield or you got two strikers up top, you know, who plays well. Uh, up top you know and I think or you know you you can do many different formations but I think mm-hmm. with the with whatever formation if they're if they're open and want to do that you're going to be able to you know increase some of your players versatilities capabilities attacking also being able to defend on this uh, uh, defend coming back there, there's a lot of possibilities and I don't think you really have to change your whole formation for the whole season but I think right. just adjusting to one or two teams that have already figured you out I think I think it's it's a fair assumption. Now, will they do that? That's that that will be yet to see what these are these what first three seasons, we mm-hmm. haven't we haven't really seen that you know, and I, and I don't know if that if that will change moving forward. Well, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, uh, I'm just I'm just nervous because I don't want to see like I said the same stale stuff we've been seeing last season, and I don't want to see a couple of players that I've seen and start. I don't I, I don't want to see them on the pitch, but. 
we'll wait and see, and then we'll judge them. No worries. Hey, it, it, it is it is a tricky situation, and we should also give credit, right? They made it to the CONCACAF final last yeah, year, but they, 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 they came up short. Um, you know, the season before that, you know, and also it's been three years for LAFC. So it's, it's a work in process, right? Not everything happens right away, even though fans and, you know, sometimes us, we expect certain things because of the type of talent they have too. And I think also because right. they're in Los Angeles too. So it's, I think uh, a lot of those expectations are fair uh, for us to, to assume, but I think when you don't meet certain expectations, that that's where you start to hear some of the some of the criticism um and, I, and i'm I, i'm just very interested to see what happens and i think on the other thing um defending set pieces um i know lac oh, had a God. struggle defending set pieces and they went a lot with yeah. uh you know with them with the zone coverage i think that is one thing that needs to be addressed i think that that did not work for them at all last season all the way to Concacaf, mm-hmm. all the every single team was able to take advantage of them i think man uh, I think you have to see some man coverage on these corner or set pieces. If you don't, I think a lot of questions are going to be asked about Brad Bradley and the coaching staff. If they continue to, to do zone marking or whatever they want to call it, no marking in the box on corner kicks, free kicks, um, that whoever's in charge of that just needs to go, just pack your bags and go because it doesn't make any sense what, what we saw in the CONCACAF uh, Champions League defending like that, even through the season two. It, it, that that's unacceptable as poor marking. It's uh, no offense to AYSO, but that, I mean, AYSO defenders can do better than that um, marking in a corner, uh, corner kicks and free kicks. Um, yeah. So we need to see a difference in that uh, just different tactics all around, because like we said, it gets stale after a while. And I don't know if it's just all Bob. Uh, I would think he has obviously a major influence on the squad and gives out most of the uh, tactics, but whoever's assisting him as well, um, they might not be giving him the best, uh, sort of assistance on uh, tactic, uh, tactical pieces and whatnot. Yeah, I think I think we're going to have to see what happens with that. But I think that's what I just think. I think that's one of the things I'm going to keep my eye on, especially with the, these new defenders that they're bringing in. Uh, I just want to say a kid's comment, kid123's comment says, yes, we need more tricks in our bag. We don't want to be so predictable. What I liked about El Munir and what I like about Sinfuentes is them taking shots from outside the box. Yeah, I think Sinfuentes... Mm-hmm. Uh, Sinfuentes, uh, it's just a matter of time before he 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 hits one out of like 25 yards out. You know, we've yeah. seen him, I think, hit the crossbar a couple of times. And I think he's one of those players I think is going to take his game to the next level, not just, you know, not just in the midfield, but also offensively. Um, and, I, and I'm very excited for what he has. I think that midfield is where LA sees us. It's one of the strongest points where they're at uh, in the whole field. And I, and I really want to see where Sinfuentes takes his next step because he has that big body and you also see how he really commands uh, the game in the midfield. He, uh, he better start. That's all I got to say. He better start. He's got to be one of the three. If they go up the three midfielders, he's got to be, it's got to be him. It's got to be Etuesta and it's got to be Blessing. I don't want to see, uh, <laughs> I don't want to see uh, Mark Anthony K in there and I don't want to see the Hillis Chicken Ganilla in the midfield as well. I, I don't want to see him. Uh, starting those two can't start if you want to win games come off the bench sure but not start not start yeah I think I think something I think one of the things about you know the midfield I think they are the strongest when they have a twist up blessing and K uh I mean excuse me and uh yeah um but I think K is passing CONCACAF really let a lot of people thinking you know um you know where he's at because some of those passes i don't know whether he he was under a lot of pressure 
you know, I hadn't really seen that from Kay. And I think um, it, it was, I think, at frustrating at times. He did have that assist to Diego Rossi, um, you know, to yeah, score against Stigatis, which was a great goal. I think made up for a lot of the, the mistakes he had in CONCACAF. But I think, you know, right now it's fair to say that Blessing, a twist, uh, blessing, a twist and Cifuentes are, are, the, are the best at the midfield that LAFC has. And the Mayan Buccaneer, he says, Bradley needs to move on with, with Blessing and Mac. We need to start. We need to start year four. And he is trying to win MLS Cup with those two. Tell me a little bit about Blessing. Move on from Blessing, uh, the Mayan Buccaneer, because I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm on the Blessing train, and I like what, what he's produced for, I, for LAFC. I, dude, at times, he's one of our most valuable players on the pitch as far as energy levels. That guy has a motor. He doesn't stop from uh, – from kickoff to 90 plus whatever stoppage time, he doesn't stop one bit. Uh, I think he's one of our more valuable assets. And he was almost on the way out to a Brazilian team at one point, I think. Uh, I forgot I forgot which one it was. I don't think it was Flamengo. Maybe it was, but it yeah, was, it was Flamingo. somewhere. It was, he was rumored but, uh, Flamengo. It was, yeah, and that's, that's a big club in Brazil. Um, but yeah, I don't want to see Blessing be moved on. I think he needs to start at some... He could, the good thing with Blessing, he's flexible. He can play at right back. You play at center. Uh, you can also play on the wings. He's like a um, utility, uh, like a utility knife or whatever you want to call it, a utility weapon. But his best position is playing in the center mid because he's a motor that doesn't stop. He's like a little pest. Um, so, yeah, no, he needs to start. He's one of our starters, in my opinion. Yeah, I call him the X Factor. Um, he does everything for the team. And in my Buccaneer, mm-hmm. he says uh, he misses clear shots inside the box. Um Okay, I guess that's fair to that's say, true. but he, that's true. I, I, that, that's fair to say, but yeah. he's not. He's not. He's not an attacker. He's not there for it. He's yeah, he's not. not he's not there for up. those reasons. But I'm. I get what you're saying, Mayan Buccaneer. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it was, let's put it this way: if it was like Diego Rossi or Carlos Vela, you know, which then, is yeah. their that's their job. I think we could be a little bit more critical. But I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from what I see in my point of view, what I see from Latif blessing on LFC, he does so many intangible things that don't show up on the stat sheet that, you know, like you said, it brings off the energy mm-hmm. whether he comes off the bench or he plays our right back, you know, asking a player one week to play forward, one week to play midfield, one week to play right back. You, I think you got to understand that that's asking a lot of player and you don't, at times you don't, you're not in rhythm, you know what I'm saying? Cause you don't know where you're going to play when a player yeah. is playing, you know, in the midfield consistency, one stop, you're more consistent. And I think that makes it a little bit uh, easier. Um, and he says, and goes on to miss playoffs games. I don't know what, he, what he's saying. Uh, kid one, two, three says blessing is a versatile super, super sub that can start in a pinch. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I, I mean, it's fair, to, you know. Yeah. It's fair to criticize, uh, you know, any player that you want, but I think blessing, uh, without a doubt, I put him right behind that twist of being the most second most important player to LAFC. Yeah, uh, I mean, he might be our best goalie for all we know. Says he played <laughs> every other position. <laughs> He's played every other position, but uh, yeah, uh, blessing's important. I, I love blessing. Um, yes, when we we are critical of him when he does miss open chances because he does. We've seen it, but that's not his job. He's more of the. Uh, He's like the motor in the midfield. Um, if someone's tired, he'll make up for that one. Be that one uh, player being tired and run for them. If that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, he's one of our critical pieces in the midfield. And I don't want to see him benched or go uh, for this season. Obviously, if he declines this season and has a horrible year, then things will change. But I don't see that happening. Yeah, and as a, as what we've seen as of now, I think uh, I would I would also put the teeth blessing uh, in that midfield. Um, just from everything that we said. Um, now, now let's talk about um, the Jersey leak. Uh, earlier mm-hmm. this week, 
uh, I think just a couple of days ago, maybe yesterday. I don't yeah. my days are mixed up, but the jersey leak of the mm-hmm. new LAFC 2021 jerseys out now. It's like a mm-hmm. like a light skin brownish mesh. You yeah. have the logo on the left. You know, you got Los Angeles on 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 the shoulders. Um, give me your thoughts about about the jersey. I, I like the plain look. If they're gonna go with no sponsor, that's actually pretty sick, in my opinion. Um, I remember when we first when the club was founded and they're having all the designs. I remember we had the mock-up kits of like In and Out and Tesla and all that oh, cool yeah, stuff yeah. on there. So I'm wondering if YouTube. Uh, I mean, you might know more than me. Uh, if YouTube TV is gonna be the main lo- uh, the main sponsor logo still, or if it's gonna be if it's blanked out on purpose because they don't know what they're gonna put there yet. Yeah, I think I think it's blanked out on purpose because it's uh, I think that's how how they always do those jersey drops. But I think also YouTube TV, I don't know if there's still a negotiation um, with mm-hmm. that, what that's going on. I should ask about what's going on with that. But I think typically all these jersey leaks, sometimes they, they don't have no logo on them. But it, it, mm-hmm. without the logo, it makes the jersey look a lot more plain than what it than what it really is. Um, right. But I think once you add the logo, then then it makes the jersey a little bit more complete. Um, but it, yeah, it's very interesting. So are you are you yeah. a buyer? Will you buy one of these jerseys? Oh, yeah, I buy all the LAFC kits. Uh, actually, I shouldn't say all of them. I have the obviously the last home one on right now. The first ever home one, the first away one. I didn't get the uh, the second away kit uh, for the second. Was it the second season? Yeah, I didn't get that one because I didn't really like the logo or the design on it. But the one that I saw right now at the league, they're just plain. I, I, I like playing kind of old school looking jerseys. So kind of caught my attention. It just also matters what they slap on the middle of it too. Uh, if they go no sponsor, that's cool. But if they go for sponsor, I'll have to debate if I'll jump on that or not. Yeah, I think I think I think the sponsor obviously makes makes it is gonna make the it's make the t-shirt a little bit more. I don't think yeah. they go with no sponsor because that's that's a lot of revenue, right? That they, mm-hmm. hey, you're gonna miss out on, especially uh, uh, you know on COVID and you not having yeah. fans in stadiums. But I think once you see the, the the sponsor on there, and I don't know if you saw, but I think they tweeted out. I I also reposted that on Instagram that they had a photo with Carlos Vela on it, wearing it. He was like, it was like a photo of him. And once you see, mm-hmm. it's different once you see it without a player. But I think this is a jersey that may have to, um, you know, that may have to grow on some people. Um, mm-hmm. But I think once you see like Carlos Vela wearing, I think if they if they wear black shorts and maybe yeah. black socks, uh, you know, I think it's going to make the jersey pop out a lot more um, than if you went beige 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 you know what i'm saying uh, if they went beige all the way that, that'd be really ugly so i hope they i hope they don't do beige with the socks and the shorts if they go with the black like you're saying then it'll be it'll look a lot better yeah no and i think also right if, if it is the youtube tv or if it is you know i think saw, i saw some people like you know make little memes it's like tesla or like taco bell mm-hmm. like you know just just different ones that yeah. you know that that were very interesting and i think the next sponsor um, I think you you try to make it, um, or you can chat, you can try, but I think whoever comes up and pays the money, right? But you get a sponsor that has a blue logo or you know a different logo that doesn't necessarily match the team colors. You just gotta, you just kind of go have to go with it, right? Because they're, they're paying the money. But I think the next sponsor, anytime a team gets a new sponsor, it's always mm-hmm. interesting. I think I think I think it takes a little bit of time of getting used to that new sponsor, that new jersey. And now I can also say this is not a jersey that I think I've seen uh, on any MLS team. You know, and I know that I know I don't think any MLS team has had this design. And I know LAFC also try to go very different. They try to be unique in their own way. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's what they're also trying to do with, with this jersey. Yeah, no, it, it's going to be cool, whatever logo they go with. I do did the color scheme and then just the way it looks plain right now. Um, nothing too fancy. Um, but if they stick like a beer sponsor on the middle, uh, that, that'd be pretty dope, I think, in my opinion. And then plus you want to appeal to the fans right now since we have no fans in the stadium, like you said revenue we need to they need to build it up and if you slap on maybe like i said a beer sponsor um that that kind of appeals to people and it looks cool uh so what kind of you what kind of beer you drink (laughs) well i doubt they're gonna slap nicola vulture on this so so, um i'm not gonna do coors light it has more taste have you not seen the commercials yeah i've seen i've seen it yeah (laughs) no i don't (laughs) one more calorie one more calorie (laughs) Um, I was thinking maybe like a Heineken or Modelo. I think someone actually did make a Modelo one. I don't know if you've seen it. It's the Modelo. They've slapped it on the jersey. That actually looked pretty cool. Really? Uh, I, think, I think I might have seen that. Or maybe even the Heineken one, a Heineken on there. Something like that. That'd be pretty cool. I, I'd buy it because it's like, I don't know. It's what the, what the kids are wearing. So be yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like Dos Equis, So I wouldn't mind seeing Dos Equis on there. Black J Op says, hey, Anything, or love yeah. it. MLS uh, slash Adidas push. I think he says pushes for home and away kits every other year. Um, yeah, I think they, I think they do that for money, and I think it's always good to, you know, bring in new, new jerseys. Um, you know, and I, I think, I, I just think, anytime you have a new jersey, it's exciting for fans, right? It's, it's a lot of, it's right. exciting because you, you're getting something new every year. Um, I think one thing that I was interested to see, they haven't really came out with a gold kit, you know, like just a gold, mm. you know. LAFC black and gold, but you haven't really seen like a gold. This is, I think this is a little bit more beige. And I think gold, I think whenever they decide next season, I think they really got to play in with the gold and going off of that, you know, black and gold and having like a gold jersey. And I think I seen maybe some of the keepers kind of wear, but kind of looks mm-hmm. yellowish. But I think if they really went with gold and really mm-hmm. gold jersey, it really, really would look nice. I, I think what would be appropriate is if we won MLS Cup or, um, that we can have a gold uh, kit the next season and they would be playing as the champ. We can call it the champions kit or something like that. That actually be pretty sick. Okay. Um, I see you. But I see. Yeah, you. That's, so, that's creative. That, that, Should we yeah. add you to the marketing team now or what? <laughs> hey, you know what? That'd be, that'd be a dream job. I never work a day in my life. So um, <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be dope. But yeah, that's just me thinking outside the box. Like if you want to wear gold, you gotta, you gotta produce, you know? So yeah, no, I'm with, I, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, hey, LAFC, if you're listening, you got you got to win the trophy in order to get the gold jersey. That's that's what we're gonna go with. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's I think it's a, a jersey that it, that it's approved by the fans. Uh, I think it will have to grow on some people because I think right. uh, I think you I think you have to see it with the player on the full kit. I think right. that's what we're missing with this jersey. That's that's my only takeaway from this. I want to see the full kit, how it looks with the socks, the shorts. And then mm-hmm. give me a player wearing it, and then I think I think it's gonna sell. And then once you define the sponsor, if it is YouTube TV or for someone else, slap it on there. And I think that's gonna make it make it everything uh, much better. Um, uh, Kid G says, "What's up with the rumors of Villa and Leon?" I yeah. looked at that, but I don't really see that. If they, look, let me say this: Vela wanted to go to Barcelona. Mm-hmm. LAFC did not let Vela go to Barcelona. Right. I don't think they're gonna let him go to Lyon. And I don't think that's really a possibility at this stage. Um, makes sense. I, I don't, yeah, I don't really think it makes sense. Um, Out of all I, the clubs. I didn't really bother asking because it, to me, it seems so far-fetched, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong, yeah. but I, I just don't think it really, 
right now yeah. makes sense for Vela. I mean, if they had a lockout, yeah, okay, then that would make sense. But obviously, they're not going to have a lockout. But I, I think right now, those those are rumors just just as, as of right now. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't read into it that much because uh, Barcelona rumors seems more re- uh, more realistic than uh, Lyon because that's yes, Lyon I believe are second in the league right now or maybe first I can't remember but um, I don't there, there's no reason Vela would go to Lyon right now or even in the summer that doesn't make any sense to me uh, if if Barcelona called him again and said hey you know we need you know we need you or something like that then maybe he does take the phone call or even Real Madrid or a big big club. Because it's not like Vela's 25, 27. He's, he's up there now a little bit. So, Leon, no, I, I don't think. I think that's just random. Maybe they just picked Vela's name out of a hat and they picked a random club and they said we're going to link them two together. Um, but, yeah, I don't see anything. There's more of a chance that Rossi would be linked to Leon or something like that than uh, Carlos Vela, in my opinion. So Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, as of right now, I don't really see any, anything that – any that going anywhere with uh with uh Vela going to Leon right now that, no. that's just right now I think it seems far fetched I think it, I'm with you it has to big it has to be a big club like a big international club uh for him to make to make a to make it interesting right um right. he says yeah I don't give him much credence I doubt they'll come sniffing around but it just doesn't make sense for LFC right now and I think I think it's interesting now that we live in a time where we're having a lot of rumors a lot of a lot of European teams link to LAFC and MLS mm-hmm. teams, you know, and I think that you, you also get to see the power of what's going on with, with the MLS and what LAFC is really doing, you know, and the yeah. reach that it really has that, you know, these rumors, if, even if they are rumors are being linked to European clubs like that. And, you know, you have players that are in contract and I think it just speaks of where, where this league is going. Right. And um, I think we're going to see that as the season goes on um, since we're, we're going to begin in April uh, European leagues are going to be ending around May, June, depending on Champions League and whatnot. So these clubs are going to be having time to scout MLS uh, MLS teams and their players. So I, I don't be surprised if you see Diego Rossi and Atuesta um, get linked with some big clubs uh, towards the uh, you know later part of the year. <laughs> the Mayan Buccaneer just shot down all the rumors. He said there is no <laughs> NBA team in France. Thank you, the Mayan Buccaneer. <laughs> Thank you. So we we can confirm that Brun, we can confirm that Vela's not going because there's no NBA team in France. So we'll go Got with it. that. We know how big uh, Carlos Vela uh, of an NBA fan is. We've seen on his right. Instagram dressed up as uh you know LeBron James dunking you know yeah. the hoop in his back, which appears to be his backyard. So yeah, I just don't. There is there is basketball up there, but there is no NBA yeah. in France. So so I, he won't be going. We'll just, we'll just go with that. Um, <laughs> but you mentioned Rossi. I, I want to talk about Rossi. I think. Um, Obviously, he was linked, but he wasn't linked to any any big clubs. I think I, it was at Reading. I, I believe that he was linked to. It wasn't. Oh yeah, you know, every, second, everybody was having was that. Everybody was having a meltdown. Uh-huh. Division club. Um, yeah, I think I also I, I think how does Rossi feel? You know, does Rossi does Rossi feel that the team may not want want to sell him and move? You know, get him to uh, Europe because we know Rossi wants to go to Europe. Or does Rossi mm-hmm. feel like you know what? summertime is, is when I'm going to go, you know, talk with the club because we didn't, we didn't see anything come out of Rossi like we did right. uh, of Brian Rodriguez. Right. Yeah. So if you're Diego Rossi, is, are these the last couple of months? Cause I think the transfer, the summer transfer window is up in June, July. Uh, I think it's June. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I believe it so, is June. So, so yeah. how do you think Rossi's feeling right now? I honestly, at those discussions are probably being uh, probably behind the scenes with the club saying, you know, this is my last season. 
sell me when it's the, when the time is right after the season's done sell me and you have to respect his decision because it's not like he's been a scrub i mean this guy has given all he can for the club so far uh he's done well and i would say 90 percent of the games i mean the guy was on fire in the uh in the uh, what do you want to call it the bubble in orlando uh he's one of our best players uh top three players of the club maybe top two depending what you want to favor the midfielder forward but i think he's gonna go and just say you know at the end of the season please you know it's my dream to play in europe or wherever he's gonna go i think europe obviously but if he goes, he shouldn't be going to Reading. I think he's better than Reading. Uh, no disrespect to Reading or the championship in England, but at least a mid-table Serie A team or uh, a bottom, a bottom like 15 to 20, um, you know, uh, Premier League team. I mean, not Reading. I, that's just me, though. I mean. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't. I don't think it made sense uh, for LAFC or for the caliber uh, player of Diego Rossi is right. Mm-hmm. And right now he's the he's the highest, you know, most expensive or transfer value according to transfer market. He's the the highest rated, uh, you know, valued player, most valued player in MLS. I think they have him at yeah. 20, 22 million. Um, and also the the transfer window I have right here opens from June 9th to August thirty first. So that gives the team about a couple months. Um, so I think if, if, if Rossi moves, I think that it's going to be during the summer. And I think it has to be, it doesn't, it can't be, I don't think it should be to a second division team. It has to be a first division, mm-hmm. maybe middle to upper, wherever you could get in. But it has to be, I think it has to be the first team. Yeah. Anyway, he goes to a second division team is for him just to get some exposure, but with the high buyout clause, so for European teams can actually see him. Mm. That's the only way I see him going to a second division team, but a player like like Diego Rossi with the type of talent and the, what he's shown here in the MLS, he has to go to the, the first league, whether it's a Premier League, you know, Bundesliga, or wherever. He, I think he has to go to the first league, and I think it just all, it's also going to show, you know, prove LAFC's model, right? You know, they're, they're buying mm. these young players, and selling them to you know to big European clubs and also be effective and I think I think if you know if Diego Rossi I think those conversations have been had I think they they understand where they're at uh, and it's unfortunate that you know for him that they he wasn't able to move during this transfer window now he has to wait to potentially June or maybe to August 31st depending how the you know how things shape up with the LAFC I think another another thing that may be interesting say LAFC are mm-hmm. hot and rolling and yeah. he's one of their focal pieces. Is LAFC oh, going to be willing yeah. to let to let him go during the summer he can. when he's hot? And, you know, and is that the time to sell? You know, you at some point LAFC is going to have to strike back, strike when it's hot. What what you can do is um, what other I see MLS clubs do is that they buy in the in the summer and then they'll join in January when the window opens up. I could see that, yeah. That, that, that's something, because if he's hot and we're, we're on a roll and he's a focal point, like you said, you can't just bin him and then you got no replacement. Yeah, you're gonna get the money, but you can't just turn around that money real quick and get a you know somebody just as good as him. So if you sell him, have that contract negotiation ready to go, and then when January 1st opens up, then he can go to whatever club he, um, you know, it's going to, but you have to keep them this season if you want to compete, because there's no way anyone's going to step in and fill him for his uh, his boots uh, for this season, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think I think also it also makes it interesting, right? Because there's still a lot of uncertainty going on when that third DP is is going to come, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get that get to that, I want to hear. He said, uh, "Kid says our three homegrowns called into the Mexican national team." 
um, mm-hmm. props. I want to see them get minutes wherever they can. Uh, obviously, you know, shout out to Christian Torres, Tony Leone, Eric Duenas. They made the Mexican U-17. I think that's exciting. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that starts in March. Um, so that's going to be interesting how they play and how they do with the Mexican national, you know, U-17 team. And I think, right. you know, they, they, get to, they get to have some minutes right now, especially in this next month and March when it picks up. And so by the time the season comes, you know, I think you want to see Christian Torres make some leaps, you know, Eric Duenas, you know, Tony – Tony Leon makes some makes some leaps and you know where those players go because yeah. those are your future right and you know you want to see them how they're going to yeah. fit in this in the system I, last season they played out of necessity we'll see what happens um, moving forward with those three guys right yeah I think uh, I think it's exciting seeing uh, LFC Academy product uh, get called up to these national teams I think they're dual citizens as well they can either play for because uh, yep. for the Mexican, right? I'm, I'm correct. I believe right? so. Yeah, called, I believe I believe you're right. I think they got called up to the USA camp too, all three of them, or maybe two of them. I can't remember, but uh, obviously, um, you know, I, I wish them all the best, and I hope they do really well in the camp and when they play in the games. Um, as far as meaningful minutes, uh, we did see a couple of the youngsters obviously play last season. Um, in the U.S. Open Cup, I would expect them to at least get some playing time in there, but. Um, I don't know. It's tough because when you want to win games and win cups, are you going to rely on the 16 year olds and the 17 year olds, or are you going to rely on your veterans uh, and your, you know, your Rossies, your Atuestas, your Velas, or do you rely on the 16 year olds um, in the game or a mixture? You can do a mixture as well. We've seen. Yeah. That, I think, so. I think it's all going to depend on how many games they have throughout the week. Right. If they're having two, two, two games a week, like they did last season, I don't think that'll happen, but if you mix, mix in the U S open cup, I think that's when you start seeing mm-hmm. these young guys, uh, get those minutes right, and I think that's that's where it starts to get interesting. Um, but I do want to talk about Brian Rodriguez. Obviously, he's gone, but he left on loan, so that doesn't necessarily open up a DP spot for LAFC because his loan ends in May. Um, and like we like I said earlier, right. there's a, there's a lot of things that came with that loan, and what I mean by that, there's a lot of metrics or the team called it thresholds. So essentially, what it means. They didn't. They didn't tell me these thresholds. They didn't say the the specifics. And I think one of the reasons why they didn't tell me is because some of those thresholds may not be as feasible that right. you know Brian Rodriguez is going to be able um, to potentially in order for in order for uh, Udi Ameria, Udi Ameria to buy yeah. them. And you know, so right now what I saw is um, Tom Bogart t- tweeted out that the that the sell on clause is anywhere from eleven to nineteen million. Um, that's where they. I don't think Brian Rodriguez is worth 19 million, but if you can sell him for 19 million, go ahead and sell him. Um, I think all this is going to depend on how Brian Rodriguez um, performs. I think there's some performance metrics. I think the mm-hmm. last deal that I saw, I spoke with the reporter. Um, this was this was with Calgary. He said that if Brian Rodriguez played 70 percent of those games, that you know that that was in that was in the buyout clause, and I'm I think that's part of the buyout clause. If Brian Rodriguez is healthy; he's playing these games. And another thing that may be tied up to this contract with Brian Rodriguez clause is if they get to the first team. Now, I can't confirm. I mean, the first league. I can't confirm that, but I I have a funny feeling that that has to do with with his buyout clause. I was gonna say I looked it up. Um... They, they're actually, I believe, in second or third place. They're in the yeah, top. I think they're they're, they're 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 third. Last time I saw, they're uh, they're actually third place, and they're behind by five points for first. Uh, yeah, so I mean, he went to a decent. Uh, I mean, I guess a decent team in the second division in Spain. That's pretty much his level. Uh, I'm not trying to pick on him, but 
Um, yeah, I hope he does really well because of the sell-on clause, we can boost his value even more. I hope he scores 20 goals, gets like 15 assists. Um, so that way we can just boot him out and get more money for him. Cause I mean, it seemed like he really wanted out and I think he was on the uh, radio or something, radio show saying that he wanted out and he was Yeah, kinda, I think it was, he was on a Uruguayan radio show, I believe. Or something he like wasn't, that. he wasn't crying about it, but he, uh, you know, he let his opinion be known. So, you know, obviously he wasn't happy and we, at least I wasn't happy with his play. So I'm kind of glad he's gone. Um, but we'll, we'll wait and see. Hopefully, you know, he does well over there. Wish him but the best, but I don't want to see him back in LEFC. Um, hopefully it's just a straight sell in my, you know, hoping for the best. Yeah, I think just to add to that, that I think how he performs, you, you, I think you have to hope, right? If you're LAFC, he has to perform way better than he did with LAFC because uh, I, I don't see any way that he comes back. You know, he doesn't want to come back. He he's made it known that he's he's ready to go, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't I don't think there's nothing wrong for him wanting to go. I just don't think he showed, you know, that he was ready for the next level and his play. You know what I'm saying? And I get that you have a dream, but he, the way he went out, the way he forced LAFC's hand, like, hey, you, you need a trade, you need to sell me, trade me, loan mm-hmm. me, because I'm not coming back to LA. I think, you know, I said this before, but I think the next time LAFC gets a player from South America or whatever, you know, it's, it's okay to have an option, you know, want to go to Europe, but you have to tell this player and make it known that, hey, this is a two to three year project, which I think that's what Brian Rodriguez was. But I think in his mind, he was like, yo, I'm in here for a year and I'm out a year and a half and I'm out, you know, and I think yeah. they were not on the same page. And obviously there's a lot of things that went into it too. Obviously he really underperformed. I really do feel like LFC overpaid for him, you know, mm-hmm. you know, transfer market, they have 11.5. They want to say, you know, other people want to say that it's less than that until the team tells me that it's less than 11.5 because the only thing that we have is to go off transfer market. Right. If the team does not deny that, then, you know, I can't say anything else. But I think, you know, I don't think he's really ready for Europe because he hasn't showed that. But if he goes out and perform and has a good season, then it opens up that third DP spot for LAFC. Right. And look at the club he went to. Exactly. 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 It's not like he went to, it's exactly. like he went to a top ten team in Spain or something. Yeah. So, and his team might not even qualify to be promoted to La Liga. So, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that that team does get promoted to La Liga, and he does well, and that makes it better for us as a as a price. But if that team for some reason doesn't get automatic qualification and he, he does terrible, and then we're stuck with him again, and the third DP gets messy, and we're back to square one. So. Uh, it's kind of a tricky situation. Um, let's just hope that Alan Maria gets promoted. And <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you, you just got to hope one way or another, you know, yeah, you got to hope yeah. for every, for both parties, you know, you just got to hope, you know, that's, I think that's the best, the scenario that, that I'll happen. be following them. I'll be following them now on my, on my football map. I added them as my favorites. So I'm I think, I think a lot more people are going to follow because that third DP spot opens up a lot, a lot of possibilities, right? You know, we've, you've, you've mentioned it, a striker. A lot of people believe that LAFC should get a striker, should get a striker with that third DP spot, you know, and like yep. a, a lot, a lot of the rumors are that, you know, um, who was it? It was Man City. The Man Sergio Aguero. Kunagoro. <laughs> that was one. I think that was one of the players I mentioned. I, I I'm not sure if I did. Maybe maybe I mentioned someone else. But I know I mentioned Suarez. But that's that, that's not going to happen. But uh, Sergio Aguero. Oh my God! Imagine Rossi, Aguero, and Bella up top. That's uh, 
yeah, you know, you're not stopping that attack. Um, I mean, we would probably let more goals in, but our games we'd win like seven four, eight uh, eight three every game. But uh, Aguero, Bella, Rossi, that'd be um, that'd be a pipe dream to be honest. Because oh man, I can't tell you. Because watching Aguero play for Man City, obviously he's coming down the later years uh, for his uh, playing career, but obviously MLS is different than the Premier League, so I, I no doubt he would tear it up. Uh, in MLS, in my opinion. Yeah, Kid says, yes, I agree. I can't help, but that buyout class is triggered with promotion since that will come with an increased revenue they can spend on the purchase. Black K Op says, no one wants him back. Winky face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let it be known. Um, he said, I really hope that Rossi, Kid says, I really hope that Rossi be, uh, isn't becoming delusional on the team. We often talk about the sporting side of things, but we can't forget about the locker room dynamic. I don't, I don't think... Rossi, from what I've seen, the vibe I've gotten Rossi, he would be a locker room distraction. I think mm-hmm. he's more of the he's more mature than than what I got from Brian Rodriguez. You know, from from anything, I think, you know, right. he understands the process. He understands what's what's going on here, and I think, um, I think when it's this time to go, I think we're all gonna know. And if for some reason Rossi is ready to go this summer, and the team's like, hey, I, I think the team will have to respect that because of what he's done. And you know, I think the only way that would get tricky if the team doesn't want to sell him and he's ready to go. But I don't, I don't see that going on with Rossi, um, and LAFC. But I could be wrong because they also did not want to let Vela go to Barcelona, um, you know, before the start of the season. But I think. I, I think we're, everything's going to come down to how Brian Rodriguez does. I think there's a lot of dominoes that I, some people may not be connecting, but if Brian Rodriguez does not do well and somehow ends up not bought by Uldi, UD Almeria, it, it's going to be a whole domino effect. That yeah, and then, and then, and then Rossi will be out the door. If they do buy him, then yeah. it goes mm-hmm. the other way. You know, right? Yeah, there's that thing you're saying that if it goes horribly wrong, he comes back. Rossi ends up leaving to a big club, and then we're stuck with Rodriguez, Vela, and well, I mean, if if you truly, if you're Rossi or Vela and truly, truly want to leave, you would just leave because if Barcelona comes in and said, you know, like you said, like for Vela, said we want you right now. Don't you think? That Vela would say, yes, Barcelona is coming to get me. I'm going to go to Barcelona. Well, Vela, because- Vela wanted to go, though. The thing was, LAFC didn't let him go. But I think the thing that Brian Rodriguez did, which was smart, mm-hmm. um, this is what I'll give him. He he forced LAFC's hand. In order to force your way out, he did the James Harden. He literally did the James <laughs> Harden to LAFC. But the difference is James Harden is an all-star and superstar player. Brian Rodriguez right. is probably the is, third or fourth best player on the team, right? So to me, it was like, how did he James uh, that's Harden? A, that's a stretch. That's a yeah. stretch, third or fourth. I would say eighth, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Some people may say eighth, but I, he, he literally pulled the James Harden. And if you want to leave, I think if, I don't, Vela's not the type of player to do that. But I think Brian Rodriguez realized that, yo, the only way that I'm getting out of the LAFC, I got to go to the media. I got to tell him I'm not coming back and put it all out there because and that's what he did and as soon as i heard that i was like he, he ain't coming back lafc is right. gonna have to sell him there's no way there's no way he's gonna come back you know and it and it just and it, i think and that's what ended up happening and i think if rossi wants to leave or vela wants to leave and lafc's are like no i think you got to go to the media and do it that way unfortunately because i think when it goes to that point that relationship is no longer good. The team doesn't want to sell you. You don't, you know, because LFC did have offers from Calgary and a bunch of other Italian teams prior yeah. to, to this happening. Um, may Were they better offers? 
I don't know. They probably could have been, yeah. but you know, it, the way the way it happened, LAFC was not in control of, of of this loan offer. They were forced into this. Right, and uh, yeah, because a lot of those teams that were being offered uh, were first division teams, obviously. And this is just a weird one where it came out of the blue. It's a second division Spanish team, um, but like I said, hope for the best. Hope he smashes it. Hopefully, gets sold for a better price, and then we don't have to talk about him ever again. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think, I think, uh, I think I'm at the end. But unfortunately, I think when it comes to May, we're gonna have our dis- we're gonna have our decision whether we'll still talk about Brian Rodriguez or we won't. But with these with these next two with these next two months, I don't want people to expect that the LAFC is gonna get a DP. I think you gotta wait until after May. The only way I see that happening is if. Maria comes in like we're buying him right now, but until Brian gets gets bought, there's no way I see LAFC getting a third DP right now because it would be messy if you brought in a third DP uh, right now and then mm-hmm. you come May somehow Brian Rodriguez ends up coming back, then you have four and you know it just, it's just it gets too tangled up. Uh, Black Black Ops says curse of a third DP. Do you yep. think LAFC's cursed? Oh <laughs> well, look at look at the third DP history. Andre Horta was crap. Brian Rodriguez is crap. So the next third DP, I, oh God, I'm praying. I don't know who it's going to be, but I hope they're good. And I hope it's uh, not, it is cursed. I think it's cursed. Two for two. Two for two. It's it's, it's still young. So I, I think you still got to give it some time before you you call it a curse, you know? Because when I when I think of curse, I think of the of the Cubs or, you know, I think of the Boston Red Sox. I know that's mm-hmm. year, 100 years and stuff, but I think, mm-hmm. They have not had success in that third DP spot. And I think if everything will, works well for LAFC and they open up that third DP spot and for whatever reason they don't get a striker, I think that's where a lot of questions are going to be asked. And I think you can start to bring in, you know, are we cursed or certain things like that. But I think you got to do that after the season because you got to give the third DP a shot, you know, whoever it is. But I think <laughs> he says, kid says, don't jinx it. I'm not trying to jinx it. I'm trying to bring hope. But I think the third third time's a charm, right? Third time's a charm. But I think the third right. the third DP spot is looking to be a striker if everything goes well for LFC. That's that's just my take on it. If the third DP isn't a striker, questions got to be asked because if it's on a another winger or a uh, a midfielder and if it's a midfielder it better be um top class uh midfielder that's obviously not like in their prime but going you know the latter years but if it's a striker i want to see aguero i want to see a diego costa i want to see either luis suarez but i don't think luis suarez because he's still smashing in spain right now they're in first place um i want to see an edin jeco i want to see something like that that's what i want to see or a manzigic um something like that up top uh, or Falcao center forward. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see Corey Baird. I don't want to see uh, Musso. I don't want to see um, what was that one guy we had a long time ago, Rodrigo Pacheco. I, if you remember who that is, he was in the first season. He didn't play at all. Really. I don't want to see any of those type of center forwards. Uh, Cause what we have right now, is not even close to good enough to do anything this season, to be honest at all. You know, you know what's interesting about all the names that you, that you that that are being linked, and some of the names that you mentioned that this typically doesn't fit uh, LAFC's model, right? Of exactly, young, that's the problem. Young players, but but I'm with you on this. Young players, right? Which have they gone? Obviously, Carlos Vela is Carlos Vela. He's he's mm-hmm. a, he's a centerpiece of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the players that you mentioned are not are not 
young players. They're, you know, more mm-hmm. veteran, more mature, more seasoned, as some will call it, more experienced or whatever. Um, and I think um, I think they have to, they may have to go away from their model on this third DP. You know, mm-hmm. I think I could be wrong, but I think if they want someone or, you know, or if they get like a young third DP striker from South America or whatever that we don't know of, um, <laughs> I don't know, but I think it has to be a striker. But I, I, I think, I think if you get a seasoned striker, and I know this is not LAFC's model, I think that that's what we're going to see. Will they go away from their model? And I don't know if they will. Well, if they if if you don't go away from you know if you like we talked about the tactics, it's not tactics we're talking about now, but if you stick with the stale stuff, you're gonna get a stale product. If the milk expired last week, you get a new gallon of milk. So obviously, who would you rather have? Corey Baird, uh, Musso, I just call him Musso for short, as you know. Trejo, a Trejo, or would you have Sergio Aguero? Out of those four, which one would you rather have? Oh, come on. That, that's that's I, that, that's a no-brainer, bro. That's exactly, a no-brainer. Exactly, exactly. But, so, but look, just we have to give Corey Barrett a shot, though. That's all you got to do. You got to give him – I'm not saying that he's <laughs> at the level of a girl. I'm with you. But you. I think you have to give Corey Barrett a shot to see, to okay. see what he can I'll, produce. I'll, I'll give him five games. You know, you also got to give, give Danny Masovsky a shot. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, he, he did not finish the season off well. You know, he, he had bump, he he was out of rhythm from what I saw, but I think you got to give Danny Masovsky, you got to see what they, what they can give you from March from, excuse me, from April. Yeah. March. Cause it's a preseason from March, April, May, because May is when at the end of May, let's go at the end of May. You got to see, you got to give them some couple months. I know that's, a, that that's not a lot of time to ask, but I think you got to give those players a shot. Um, to see where, where you're a third striker. And if it is Kunaguero, I guess, you know, you go all in. <laughs> but you got to give those guys a shot. I, I will give Corey Beard. Um, I was going to give him five games. But you convinced me to give him at least till May. If he's putting them goose eggs, zero everything all around, I'm, I'm going to start complaining. I'm going to start complaining because the squad we have right now is not good enough to win MLS Cup, in my opinion, right now. Not even close. Yeah, I think I think you're missing. I, I think that 30 P is going to be very crucial to LAFC, especially how they build mm-hmm. up the defense and what's going to happen. Uh, obviously, we're going to know those answers after May, but I think you got to give those players a shot just just to see <laughs> what because they 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 what I see is they didn't pick up Bradley Wright Phillips, who I know is season, you know, but he he's shown he could score this past season, uh, and they got Corey Baird. That's that's what I see that was potentially the trade-off there. You got someone younger that's been in the league. Mm-hmm. And I think you got to see what, what Corey Barrett can do. Obviously, I've seen some highlights, but I think you got to see what he does with the LAFC system uh, moving forward. Kid123 says, I have faith in John in, in John Thornton. Um, Mayan Buccaneer says, who would you guys take uh, from a Liga MAX striker? I don't really follow Liga MAXies, so if you can drop a couple strikers, um, I, I don't really know. My dog's barking, so no, I don't know good. if he, I don't um, know if you like that take. Um, <laughs> kid says Henry Martin. Oh, okay. Um, do you follow Liga Mackies? Um, no, not really, man. I just know that uh, Tigres is good. Jinyak, uh, <laughs> I'll take Jinyak. <laughs> oh, I, that's the type of striker we need. That's no BS. He's straight to the point. Shows passion. I just want to bring up this one stat. 
Uh, last season, Corey Baird in 14 games had two goals. Yeah, I did, I did see that. I did see that. I think I think so. I'm the only way. The only reason I say you have to give him a shot is because he's on an offensive minded team. RSL was RSL last year. Now, because they, they, that LAFC kind of gave up a lot to bring him over here. So uh. they, they know obviously <laughs> something we don't know. So I think you got to give him uh. a shot. And if it doesn't work, then then you then you got to explore that third DP option for for real. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just, it seems like center forwards always haunted us every single season. I mean, Dio, Dio did work when he first came. He was a goal scoring machine. Uh, and then he just faded away. He had some, you know, problems that, you know, that came up, unfortunately. And he had to deal with that, um, uh, which sucks. Uh, Urania was uh, yeah. not really a goal threat, but more of a hold up man. Actually, did a fairly decent job. Um, and I then, think he might have been past his time, though. I don't know. He he never you know, really got into the mix. Even Chris Christian uh, Christian Ramirez, he he wasn't he wasn't as effective as I think you would want him. Obviously, he spent right. just a, like a season or half a season with LAFC. Yeah, if you look at it, the center forward history is not very uh, yeah. it's not very good. And then when Vela plays center forward, that takes away from the wing. So I don't really like Vela playing center forward. Um, the whole point is to have a center forward who can slot in the, the goals and make it easy on everyone else. But uh, I guess time will tell uh, if Corey Barrett's going to be the answer, not super Corey. Um, but <laughs> Wait, it would time. it be funny if like by the end of the season, you're rocking a Corey Baird jersey and you're like, I you will. Know what? If, 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 <laughs> you know if what, Corey, Corey, at the start of the season, I wasn't really <laughs> excited about you. But you know what? You came in through and, you you know, you, you shut me up and you, you know, proved us wrong. If or Corey, it could Corey, be the other way around. If Corey Baird happens to score 10, 10 league goals this season, I will get a Corey Baird jersey. 10 league goals? All right. Ten. We, all right, guys, people in the chat, do you see this? He said 10 league goals. He will get a Corey Baird jersey. If he scores 10 in the league, I will, I will get a jersey, a Corey Baird on my back. <laughs> okay. Okay. We have it here. February 11th, uh, 2021. It is documented. Watch him score like 25 or something like that. <laughs> what if he comes up short? He's like, you know what? I heard the podcast. I heard I, I'm just gonna score nine and give hey, like saves 21 assists. It saves me $90. So there you go. <laughs> or a hundred bucks, whatever it is now. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple people in the chat say kid one, two, three, saying Henry Martin. Oh, yeah, you said that. Uh Gignac, yeah, I think Gignac is tie, uh, retiring with Tigres. Um mm-hmm. I don't see him going anywhere. JJ Macias. Uh, these are names I've heard, but I haven't really watched Liga Mackeys. I used to watch it when I was a kid, but I haven't watched yeah. it as much now. Because... JJ, JJ Macias is an interesting one because I see a lot of Chivas fans talk crap on him. And I've always thought he was decent, but uh, he was linked to some European clubs. And um, he was good when he was on loan at Lyon. And uh, I don't know. That'd be interesting. I wouldn't. I mean, he, if he came to MLS, I think he would do decent. But is he the answer that we really want? Probably not. So, I mean, why settle for the low block when we want to go up higher than that? Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, Garrett, it's been it's been it's, it's been a pleasure, man, chatting with you. Um, let the people let the people that are listening obviously where they can follow you and and they can follow your takes and everything that you got to say everything about LFC. All right. Well, uh, thanks for having me again, Gio. You can follow me at We Are LAFC Live on Twitter. That's where I'm mostly at, running polls, just saying what I want, uh, however I feel. Statistical polls, guys. 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, statistical polls. Um, pretty much, uh, you know, I'm always open if, uh, you know, opinionated uh, tweets and whatnot. Don't take them serious, though. I mean, if you guys, you know, always get involved. I always like interaction on Twitter because that's where I like to see, like, what everyone else is thinking, you know. Obviously, football is great because we all have different opinions, especially LAFC, different opinions all the time. So that's where you guys can follow me at. Yeah, guys, make sure to give him a follow. Obviously, Gary, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Everybody who chimed in on the chat, Kid123. Um, podcast schedule, we'll, we'll do. We'll do uh, Gary, would you would you like to be on Thursdays? Are you, are you busy every Thursday? Uh, Thursdays at 7 are actually pretty good with me. Uh, obviously, if anything comes up or I have something planned, I'll make sure to let you know. But Thursdays at 7 are pretty good with cool. me. Cool, yeah, we can, we can have you be, be you know, be – talk LAFC with you obviously I cover both both teams in Los Angeles mm-hmm. I'm pretty busy with that but you know anytime I can talk LAFC with you especially with someone knowledgeable um guys I always post uh podcasts sometimes I post more because you know certain news breaks or certain things you know um I try to get I'm going to try to get on more of a schedule but one thing you guys can count on I'm always going to have the content up on there um sometimes it's on Monday sometimes it's on Tuesday um I usually try to have two a week so it's either I post it Monday Tuesday and then sometimes it's Thursday, Friday. Um, but for the live stream, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to do uh, for LAC live stream. I'll try to do Thursdays at seven just to talk, you know, what's what's going on um, with LAC. Obviously, there's there's things to talk about. We can, you know, give our thoughts and everything. Uh, and then Mayan Buccaneer says, make it 10 goals the whole season. Yeah, I think that's what that's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Make> 10, <laughs> yeah, that would be something, you know, what? he's like, you know, what? I'm just going to stop at 10. Hey, hey, you know what? If we're trying to go for a playoff push, if we really need it, you better not stop at 10. We need 20. Corey Baird, I doubt, I don't know, maybe if he's watching this right now, please get over 10 goals. Get over 10 goals. I want you to do really well for LFC. So get over 10 goals. I don't mind buying the jersey. I don't mind buying the jersey. jersey. (laughs) And he got you dinner, too. He's buying dinner, too. I'll, I'll buy him in and out or something. <laughs> yeah, guys, I'll go for for LAFC kid. I'm a, I'm gonna do. I'll do Thursdays at 7 p.m. Next week may be tricky because I'm gonna be in uh, Mexico City. I'm visiting some family. Um, okay, but I'll hit you up. I'll hit you up, Gary. See what see what you're doing. Uh, maybe maybe we can talk. Get on the live. You know, talk with kid and a couple people on here and talk LAFC. What what's going on? Well, maybe something happens next week. We never know. But it's, it's always good to talk about mm-hmm. LAFC. But guys, if you guys enjoyed this episode, uh, make sure to give this a five-star rating on App Podcast. You can also listen to this podcast on Spotify. Obviously, you can check out this live stream on YouTube. I also post these to our Facebook account on LA Soccer Hub and also on Instagram. So make sure to follow us there. You guys can follow me at Gio Garcia LA on Twitter. So for Garrett, this is Gio. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.